Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode and episode. <laughs> you didn't ask, did you? No. But since I didn't ask, and since I don't know if you're going to combine them or not, just give me something. I'm not. That you're not? No. Okay. 300. This is 300, finally. This is 300. Hello, good evening, and welcome to a special anniversary Gaycast episode. We've hit 300. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Hello, everybody. You have to say that again because you laughed over it. You're just going to include the screw up. I'm just going to include it. We haven't got much to uh, pad this episode out to begin with, so. I can rant about Microsoft and Office 365. I know you can. Everybody knows you can. <laughs> Say hello to our guest. Hello, guest. Hello, guest. Hello, guys. This is Thomas. I thought you were being awkward then. I thought it was a sudden. Ah, <laughs> uh, dead air. What the gatecast is famous for. I would be if Mike wasn't such a good editor. Welcome back, Thomas. Thank you. Glad to be back. You've had your name down for these episodes for quite a while. Finally got around to recording them. Through end to... One of our lovely favourite races. Yes, I suppose it is. Yep, tonight we we're going to be watching First Contact. Her surprise visit to Atlantis by a race that uh, we didn't expect to see again, which probably would have been rather a surprise when we watched this first time around. Mm, yeah, it was. Um, no, I'm sure I saw it. I'm fairly certain I saw it. I'll find out about two minutes in. You probably will do. <laughs> Okay, as per usual, we'll be watching the Region 2 DVD rip of the episode. The runtime is 41 minutes 45 seconds. And after some brief technical difficulties at my end, we're good to go. Thank God for Sellotape. And the lack of video camera. In the absence of Sellotape, you could always use Denso. I'm guessing the audio equivalent of a blank look means you don't know what Denso is either. I don't. Yeah, fair enough. It's been both a long and a short week. The joys of working for a tiny company is that when you take time off, there's only a certain percentage of all the crap that you do that other people do. Because they're too busy being their own crap. So you come back and you're like, and it's not like, yeah, you've had a break. And it's like, oh, nobody's done anything for a fortnight. <laughs> Always fun. Yes, it is. Our computers went down today at about noon. Didn't come back until about 2.30. So then all of a sudden, the last hour of work, we had about three hours of orders to process. No. Oh. That was fun. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rem, inviting you to join us for the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, a weekly review and exploration of the sci-fi movies that we all love. Ever wonder why Stanley Kubrick removed A Clockwork Orange from distribution in the UK? Why did Ridley Scott's Alien have no eyes? Or who's the better dread, Sylvester Stallone or Carl Urban? Judgment time. And why do I hate The Fifth Element so much? Uh, really? Don't even get me started. Follow us on Facebook at Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. The Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. Subscribe in iTunes or visit our website at scifimoviepodcast.com. Okay, shall we uh, continue with something vaguely relevant? Yep. You were on the, uh, we'll be watching the pal and then something caused us to... Oh, f- let's get going. <laughs> You're very early, sorry. You know? At the moment, I'm rather annoyed with, with my uh, computer and ancillary bits and bobs because when we finish this I'm going to reboot it and get all that anyway let's just get going okay if everybody's queued zero zeros yep. if we're three if we're a doe if we're a clicky ooh shit previously on Stargate Atlantis so I understand you have a proposal the banquet mm-hmm. choice delectables oh citrus just to annoy Rodney <laughs> They made the joke about the farmer, but of course they probably had the, the farmer's wife and the kids in the hold <laughs> for when they got peckish. No one's treating it lightly. You are, with your insistence on continuing the experiment. Ah, Janice. He, yeah. he was a intriguing fellow who had lots of clever ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all the fuss is about. If we do this every time someone comes for a visit, we'll never get any work done. We're just meeting him at the gate. We're not just meeting him at the gate. I've been pulled from my regular duties to help him with his database research. Mm. Moan, moan, moan. Rodney's always the same, no matter what happens. Mm. Seems to be a lot of extras about. Yeah. Rather busy. Apparently meant to look busy. An exciting day. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Gear up, McGee. Very well. Dr. Jackson. Hey. Oh, Daniel. Colonel Shepard. Rodney. That's why Rodney was being such a mardy. <laughs> great grumble. That was just subtitled as great grumble. And I suppose you got to fade to credit on that. Yes. I suppose you do. Are all the short and sweet? Okay then, First Contact, Season 5, Episode 10 of Stargate Atlantis, Gatecast Episode 300. This episode was directed by Andy Makita and written by Martin Garrow. And its premiere in America, September the 26th, 2008. Canada, September the 29th. We got it in the UK, November the 20th. Sweden, November the 28th. Germany, September the 23rd, 2009. Australia, March 25th, 2010. And Japan, October the 27th. A few series with episodes of the same name. Robotech, Star Trek The Next Generation, Earth 2, UFO Hunters, Hypernauts, Satisfaction, and Prisoners of Gravity. And of course, speaking of the TNG, there was, of course, the movie First Contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the better Star Trek flicks. I would definitely agree there. Pretty shot. A view of the city and First Contact. I'll have Rodney here show you to your quarters. And a special guest, Marco Shanks. Oh, sure, sure. What do you got planned? An exciting exploration of insignificant ancient historical events? No, not quite. I'm sure you're both familiar with the ancient name Janus. The inventor. Yes, he was a lead scientist and apparently a bit of a renegade. Mm. And he met Weir. Yes, he did. In, well, you could either call it an alternate timeline that ended up being incorporated into this one or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm correct, it's right here on Atlantis. Dun, dun, dun. And it's about time uh, Daniel actually spent some time in Atlantis. When drinking. Mm-hmm. Janus was doing a lot of work that wasn't exactly approved by the ancient council, so it's not hard to imagine he wouldn't include a full accounting in this very public database. I mean, do you include all of your research in your official reports? Guilty. <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty. Bastion of unfettered thought and experimentation, or as one of his lovers put it, he had lovers? An isle of solitude within the city walls. It's fortunate that they had Janus and Merlin, because without them, they really would have been screwed. And both of them ancient scientists who uh-uh. worked outside of the existing structure. Hallway, there's a real page turner. Chase after him with a question about his work, but when he rounded the corner, Janus was gone. The hallway was a dead end. He had seemingly disappeared, and I think into his secret lab. Oh, the hallway. Oh, he had a cloaking device of his own. Yeah. Oh, you pathetic individual, Rodney. My laptop. Mine. As soon as the Daedalus unloads its supplies, we'll be heading off to meet up with Todd in one of his hives. You really think he's going to show up, huh? Ah, Todd. So we're still working with Todd. We let him use Taylor to take control of an alliance of Wraith hives. Yes. Yes, seemed like a great idea at the time. Uh, that is precisely why I don't want you there. This mission is basically going to be a negotiation. And Todd has, well, less baggage with me than he does with you. I'm not saying you shouldn't take the lead on this. I'm just... You're second in command here, Colonel. Yeah. Well, is he still playing the negotiator and politician? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with all due respect to John, diplomacy isn't really his thing anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when him and Todd do get in the same room, they are rather antagonistic towards each other. Well, John's just antagonistic towards everyone. Yeah. Let Daddy go. He'll look after it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just leaving. Yeah, I know. Hey, let me get that. Thanks. So you're going on this Daedalus thing? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Where's she leaving? I'm guessing she's going with... If, you know, we ever get to that point. Right. <laughs> You're not being very subtle, Ronan. Yeah. Really? Why? Yeah, I think he wants to. <laughs> yeah. Ronan and subtle are a bit like, as of four years ago, mean sober. <laughs> oh, Ronan must have a type, because he must be drawn to women in medical professions. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was drawn to yeah. uh, Carson as well. He just didn't want to admit it. Bye, Rodney. Wish us luck. Good luck. Well, it's interesting, Wolsey's going in uniform and she's going out of uniform. Oh, that smile. Nasty little smile. She's going to wind him up all the time. Rod? He called him Rod? Probably deliberately. Is that a water line up there? Yeah, this section of the city flooded the first year we were here. Anything salvageable? Got moved to the main tower. Well, that's remote. That's promising. Yeah, half the city's been flooded since we took control of it. Mm-hmm. 
it's surprisingly well kept really I assume they washed it all out because there would have been mold and all sorts growing yeah or else city had the uh, inbuilt decontamination systems yeah. I won't put it past them any idea what they are it's like a run-of-the-mill sconce interface right well where are the sconces I don't know maybe the decorator changed his mind <laughs> he looks miserable doesn't he if the tables were turned, though, you wonder, would Daniel be acting like this? Did we keep detailed records? Who are you talking to here? Well, earlier you didn't indicate you kept detailed records. Ah, interesting, Zoom. Yeah, this is the same footage that they've used before, re-rendered in HD. That's, that's the hallway. Can you, uh, you zoom in there? Oh, that's fortunate. They had uh, photographic evidence of the, the debris. There. They're your light fixtures. They must have been knocked loose during the flood, possibly. But you salvaged them, right? They're lights that fell to the ground during a flood. It's Just like they're gonna humor me, okay? I think we're onto something. <laughs> right. Okay. Funnily enough, they said these pair really got on very well on set. Yeah. David considers working with Michael one of the highlights of this fifth season. Hmm. Here they are. We got them. In the commentary, which was uh, Annie Makita and Martin Garrow, they even said that the fabled, if there'd been a sixth season, they would have probably been looking to get Michael as a regular. Well, maybe to run the place? That would have been fun. Maybe, yeah. A civilian with ties to the military and the IOA would probably like him as well. He's going to play a little tune, isn't he? Mm-hmm. It's fortunate that Janus used this method to get into his secret lab and didn't have handheld dongle or something. <laughs> it would be easier just to have a little remote control, wouldn't it? You could carry on your person. Yeah. Get a key and boom, done. Well, maybe we need to activate them a number of times in a specific order. I don't suppose you recognize any of these three notes. What do you mean, like, does it remind me of Janus's favorite Brian Eno track? No. No such luck. Well, Janus' assistant said he disappeared pretty quickly down the hallway, so it can't be a long code. Maybe it's just as simple as three tones in a row. Go for it. <laughs> uh, not impressed. How do they know they've got them in the right order? Is there something to indicate which goes in slot one and slot two and slot three? <laughs> Come on, faster. <laughs> Hold on for a second. What is it? There we go. In hindsight, it makes perfect sense that, you know, the actual solution to the problem. You're walking towards the door, you wouldn't want to stop enough to backtrack or anything. Push as hard as you can, of course. Okay, one, two, three. That's real hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rodney's annoyed now, because Daniel was right. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Down here. Jackson groaning. <laughs> Controlled magnetic harmonic resonance. What? Apparently Tesla was close to something like this before Edison trashed his lab. What are you talking about? That wall was specially designed to destabilize when bombarded with a very specific harmonic resonance. That's what the tones were. And the strong magnetic property of the particles is what keeps the door from just crumbling into dust. It's a great way to hide a door because, you know, if you're looking for a door to open, it's never going to be found. Mm -hmm. There was no lights on this set. They were just going to use the actual illumination from the PDA. Mm-hmm. In reality, they used a couple of small spots just to emulate it, because you never actually see the PDA. Rodney seems excited. Very. <laughs> <laughs> I could have ordered walk, yes, but I wanted to fall in place. Uh, the beauty of uh, the ancient gene. Yeah, must be triggered by... Uh, they both got it. I know, I know Rodney has. Well, Rodney got added. Yes. Did Daniel get it? Mm. I don't recall. Yeah, well, Daniel's been ancient. Maybe he brought it back with him. Eh, mm. Maybe. Oh. Oh, that's not good. Nice. Flashing red thing. <laughs> that's never Does good. That nice dissolve to what, what, a Death Star? A planet? Mm. A small planetoid. A moon? A KBO. It's a KBO. Oh. Right. Hmm. Ancient console again. Hi, honey, I'm home. Alert the others. The device has been activated. Oh, hello. Now that looks serious business. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely ancient. <laughs> Thank you for speaking English, you alien being you. Mm -hmm. He's writing a report with a pen. 
Some people like tactile interface. <sighs> I like tactile. I'm just not that keen on analog. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the little puppy that following you around all the while? What are you working on? A speech. What for? Well, this is a fairly momentous occasion. Yeah, I don't think Todd's going to be too interested in speeches. Yeah. It's an historic day. I just think it deserves some recognition. What have you got so far? Today is an historic day. It's a good place to start. No, it's a work in progress. Okay. What's on the first page, then? <laughs> the first page was all the notes to get to that one sentence. Uh-huh. Needs a bit of work, Woolsey. There's nothing like a deadline to get you writing. He wants his moment of glory of giving a speech. Yeah. Well, the wall would break apart your body. Yeah, that was a special effect that they used. When they filmed it, the green screen wasn't actually lit, so they had to rotoscope images at. Mm -hmm. Subsequent recordings with it lit worked fine. They chose the first one because it looked better. <laughs> Cost them a lot more money to actually do. Paranoid NSA agent wouldn't use. I mean, it is deep. Some of them are straight up math ciphers, while others are ancient knowledge puzzles. And until we start deciphering, there's no way to tell what any of this stuff does. Yeah, it does. It signals the bad guys. Did no one know it's the flashing red light? Well, it was on the back side of the device. Well, I guess I'll go back to being the boss. How's that going? Pretty boring, actually. Well, you're more than welcome to help us crack this first stream cipher. You know, um, he could have been in Mensa. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. That is Daniel and Rodney bonding, but yeah. John said he is in Mensa. Mm-hmm. So, and Rodney knows it. That came very close to that hive. And that's a lot of hives, too. It's only three. Yeah, rather trusting. It's not two, it's three. Sir, we're being hailed. Open a channel. This is Colonel Caldwell of the Earthship Daedalus. We're ready to receive your delegation. The delegation is on their way. Marsha of the bridge. We'll go meet our guests. Major Mark at the helm. Martin Christopher. Colonel Coldwell, of course, Mitch Pileggi. I haven't watched the new X-Files yet. I'll have to get that started soon. I have too many other things to watch. Nice shot, that is. Would that be a cruiser hey. or what? Cause... This is a shuttle, isn't it? A little transport. Mm. Fortunately, it just fits in the hangar bay. Of course. Mm -hmm. They gave them dimensions. Why was that X-302 parked over to one side, though, where it could have been clipped by accident? Well, nowhere else to put it. Hi, Todd. Thank you for having us. And Ronan still has his gun. Today is an historic day. Robert Grossetesta once said, I would like to get started as soon as possible. Uh, is that Kenny in the background? Yep. <laughs> Thank you. That's the sort of speech I like. Short and sweet. So shall we drop these unfounded pleasantries and get to work? Mm. Does Todd look a bit more blue than uh, his brethren? It could be the light. Uh, could be. Please come with me. I've said it before, she does look good in that jacket and her hair like that. She looks good anyway. <laughs> she looks good in overalls, knee-deep in an engine. <laughs> well, keep that image in mind when we come to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice night shot. No problems with power these days, do No. No. <laughs> Still nobody's noticed the flashing red light. It looks like a dialing console. It's on the back of those crystals. You don't really see it. You know, it's almost dawn. If you want to call it a night, it's... Uh... Mine? No, no, I'm fine. Fine, but, you know, you need to rest. Completely understand. Uh, one upmanship here. Seriously? I is everything a competition with you? I'm not sure you're talking about. <laughs> I, I just found you a secret lab full of really cool ancient stuff. I kind of think that should score me some points here. Okay, I will admit that I may have been a little brusque with you up until now. Just a little. But the truth is, I really didn't think you were going to find anything. Well, that much I actually understand. You've got to admire Rod Rodney's ego. All the things Daniel's done in his 10 years at the SGC. Mm -hmm. Forget the bit about sending and then coming back again mm -hmm. and being a prior. Mm -hmm. Daniel's been through, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Doesn't that bother you? There's no vindication, no recognition, no credit? Yeah, so that'll come and bite Rodney a bit in brainstorm. Discoveries you've made, you probably could have won the Nobel Prize five times over by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't actually publish that near at the moment. <laughs> or ever. Mm -hmm. 
No, we did it for the money. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't get paid more than I do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, big grin. Do you? Oh, no. Uh, about what you get paid, Rodney, speaking from personal recent experience. Hey, dear. Okay, that that's extreme navigation. Yeah. FTL into a planet's atmosphere, 10 feet yeah. above the ocean. Uh-oh. Yeah, rather close. <laughs> panic! Panic! Get Shepard. Colonel Shepard, sir? Yeah, I'm just resting my eyes. What was he reading? Don't know. Who said that? I patched into the PA in your room, sir. You're gonna want to get up here. PA in your room? Really make sure you're gonna get up. That took a little while to open. Mm-hmm. They look like weapon pods. Hmm, interesting looking ship. Yeah, I've never seen this combat variation on the jumper. It shouldn't be. What's going on? Tracking a small ship in atmosphere. It's coming right for us. Get the jumpers in the air. It's closing faster. It'll be here in less than 10 seconds. It was a James Robbins design. It wanted to reflect kind of a train-based spaceship. And then the image was tweaked by the in-house graphics department to give all the extra little bits and bobs. Moons. Yeah, they must have a GB or two. And probably straight through the shield. Yep. Yeah, so much for that. That's impossible. What, what did it just do? Pass through the shield. Yeah, but how'd it do that? I'm not sure, sir. Ancient ships can do it. All right, tell Taylor and a team of Marines to meet me at that pier. Seriously, John, you need that explaining. Mm -hmm. The graphic is rather <laughs> clear. And shut the shield down. We haven't got that much energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting, the shield radiating out from the top. Yeah. <laughs> Whee! I don't think we've seen that before. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. There's a lot of dust on that balcony. Mm. Well, they might have just gone through the balcony, so... Yeah. Is it just me, or do they look like Master Chief? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, there's a similarity. How far was Halo Advanced in 2008? Mm, I was thinking they looked more like a the Fallout suit. <laughs> oh, yours! <laughs> Halo's face is priceless. How many levels did they go through? <laughs> uh, quite a few. Spent about three months designing the suits, get them all affected before they actually had to get the money to actually produce them. Designed them all on a computer, transferred all the data to computer-controlled machines. Rodney, this is Shepard. Come in. Rodney! What's up? Get out of there right now. Why? Oh, no messing. That's why. Oh, that's what we want. <laughs> now John's got this big gun, he's never going to take it. This is great, this is. Look at that. Mm -hmm. And flexing as well as uh, kinetic energy has been absorbed by the shield. <laughs> Just drag him along with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, extras at the back. You're allowed to shoot as well. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I guess the needs of the mini. Yep. And away it goes. Now, can I wait to do the outer shields for the hyperspace window? Looks like it. Um, in response to my earlier statement, no, I haven't. Oh, okay. Okay then, who wants to be first to go and prod it? Volunteers, anybody? Control room? What's the status of that ship? I'm sorry, Colonel. They're gone. Bye-bye. Oh, that's a nice shot. And they also wanted a story where the Atlant where the Atlanteans got their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. It's just like in SG-1. After a while, the Ghoul just became another bad guy that they could mm -hmm. always beat. Even the Wraith, they would handle him reasonably well. Perhaps you should put it under a medical scanner. Okay, do it. Go get the gunny. It's nice that Radic gets all the people around for shake. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Wake up. Oh, what the hell happened? We were attacked. Oh, 
That much I got, thanks. <laughs> Brilliant deduction. Okay, there is no way this is a coincidence. And we discover Janice's super secret lab and less than 24 hours later a bunch of aliens show up all guns blazing? I think it's a little odd. Now that you mention it. Mm -hmm. Again, a simple cell using yeah. some of the green laser light they had from previous episodes. They had designed a very elaborate set, which when they put it together and tested it, did not work. Uh, following a suggestion from fans on one of the Star Trek movies, they put the set on gimbals and shook it. Mm -hmm. Everything broke. They just fucked the camera instead. All this stuff came on when Rodney and Dr. Jackson came in here. Yeah, pretty much. It activated probably in response to Rodney's ATA gene. Why? Something in here has been broadcasting. There would be if you had a before and after picture. Hmm. Obviously, there's not going to be any internal surveillance, but you'd have thought they'd taken pictures of everything before taking them out of the lab and cataloging them. Yep. There's a bunch of aliens out there. They, they stumbled upon an ancient lamp, probably built by Janice himself. It's dormant. It's not working. Then one day, out of the blue, it activates. They're standing around. They're scratching their heads. They have no idea what's going on. Then they discover the subspace link. Decide to follow it. They trace it back to us. And then attack us and take two of our people hostage? Rodney and Dr. Jackson were not the targets. They were just the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever that device was, that's what they were after. All right, good theory. So what do we do? You've got to admit, this simple idea of having, you know, these lasers, which were just glorified pointers, really, mm -hmm. fill the room with smoke. Although when they sent all the video down for post-processing, you know, someone got back and said, it's awfully grainy. Are you sure you want that? And he said, well, yeah, there's nothing we can really do about that. Mm -hmm. well, we got one thing going for us, at least. What's that? We're not dead yet. Good point. <laughs> Daniel. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh. get back at Rodney. It's no good. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, this won't hurt a bit. Mm -hmm. EM field that's disrupting the scanner. I have no idea how to shut it off. There's no way to penetrate the shell and see what's under there. I'm afraid not. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not necessarily a reason to stop. One thing's for sure, it's not like anything we've ever seen before. Well, Doctor, Weir did say that there were other technologically advanced societies that we have yet to encounter. We just made first contact. You may recognize the suits if you've seen Stargate Universe. Is that one of the metal labs there in the Destiny? Yeah, they were the ancient suits used they found on board. Get a can opener. <laughs> well, one thing's for sure, this ain't working, is it? Oh, it's no good, I just dulled out the blade. The neck. What? Looks like the softest part. Try the neck. It's already dead, Radek. We think. Just do it. See? Pretty much all I said. Well, the question was asked, hang on a minute, there's bullet holes in the suit. And you've got diamond tip saws which can't get through. You don't think just look to see if there's a button to open it somewhere? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the helmet must release. There must be some sort of catch. Uh-oh. Yeah, spray of blood. Get out, everyone, get out! Uh-oh. Not totally unexpected given how belligerent these aliens appear to be. And this explosion, they they were planning on having it bigger. Okay. Yes. Uh, somebody really wants to keep a secret whatever's inside that suit. But it actually turned out pretty well. Keller's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope it wasn't the primary red lab. Yeah. Subspace communication. Uh, Keller, yeah. Radic blew your lab up. They've all been successful. We both know very well that computer simulations and live trials are very different. I don't think we're doing this cavalierly. I, I stand by the data. It will work. Uh -huh. Perhaps it will. <laughs> yes. Slip that under. You may not notice. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you want it to? Funny enough, you know, the sick bay on Daedalus looks more advanced than that on Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Well, it's newer. Or well, they've got a blinking light unit in the background mm. <laughs> behind Todd. So. Oh, yeah. Blinking lights always make them look more advanced. Mm. Yeah. Why waste perfectly good resources on them, yes? But it will be very difficult for me to ask those around me to give themselves over for the good of the human race. But it's for your benefit, too. If you don't have to rely on human feeding, the war would be over. Perhaps. But then what would we do? Who would we be? 
This is the great thing about Todd. He's thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, he wants to kill the Atlanteans eventually, but he's willing to compromise and deal with them if it means he can kill his enemies within the Wraith. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be over yeah. somehow. People don't live as long as the Wraith, but they hold grudges. Mm. Can you imagine a Wraith family moving in next door? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, a little bit creepy. Ah, but if the Wraith never have any more need to fight over being hungry... Where they're going to fight over? They're, they're a violent race, period. Those are bigger now. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> Planets tend to. I've never been in space, but I'm sure that's a constant. And they point out they've never actually done an ice planet before. True. It's got nothing to do with the fact that Star Wars have done it and Battlestar have done it, but Stargate hadn't. Well, they did it briefly at the end of one of the SG episodes where they had Kellick, the um, Anubis clone. BSG did do a nice planet in Blood and Chrome. Said BSG had done it. Oh, I thought you said they hadn't. It's sealed shut, and they've removed the door controls from this side. Where the hell are we? I think you're on the set of Stargate Atlantis with some extra bits stuck to the wall. Mm. Probably bad for us because it probably means it's hard to find. So I guess that means no rescue anytime soon. It's a nice effect. Yeah, if you keep your eye out, you can see the uh, projector sitting on the floor. Mm. Yeah, the boxes <laughs> in the background, though, they look like they're more ghoul-designed boxes. Mm. Right, and I don't think we're going to get any more info from Talkie McSezzalot out there, so uh, <laughs> fire up these consoles, see what we're dealing with. Not like that. Oh, and you'll... <laughs> you can almost <laughs> see him thinking, yeah. We've got five jumpers in the air flying a defensive formation around the city and have the chair fired up and ready for you at a moment's notice. I want marine details every five levels locked and loaded, ready for my go-ahead just in case. Absolutely. <laughs> Why? What good do you think it's going to do? They could literally pop up right outside the tower, I imagine, if they wanted. They probably only appeared a few miles away just to be on the safe side, cautious. Mm-hmm. But it approached very quickly. So, so uh, well, I'm using the work of Laszlo Babai as a stepping stone. You know, combinatorics and, um, uh, no offense, but the math I'm using is so complicated, I don't know if I can dumb it down enough for it to make sense. Try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. The single thread that will lead us to the area of space associated with the device. Well, I understand that. Yes, it doesn't accurately represent what I'm doing, but I get it. What you're doing is difficult. Just tell me when you get ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you think the pressure's getting to John? He didn't yeah. promise Wolsey he wasn't going to blow the place up. Well, he hasn't blown the place up yet. He didn't prevent it from getting blown up. I don't like this, John. I don't think he will be reacting like this. Pretty serious mm-hmm. power generation. I've never seen anything like it before. Pondering, ponder. This lab is actually the redress interrogation room, and the uh, area where that device is is where they do all their golf balcony shots. If it works the way I think it does, it would mean the end of the Wraith once and for all. Interesting. Oh. Future armor, Professor Farnsworth with his doomsday machines. Mm-hmm. Four or five of which he keeps just on hand for you never know. How? It creates a very specific subspace static. Uh, turbulence is probably a better way of looking at it. Which... Okay, look, um, although they're all based on a fairly similar technological premise, each race is a slightly different type of hyperdrive. Ours are based on the Asgard drives with their own little twist, the ancients had their own particular system, and the Wraith, again, have their own separate hyperdrive technology. All right. Okay, so at its base level, a hyperdrive allows you to travel great distances by entering and exiting subspace. Okay, this much I already know, yes. Okay, so if this machine is capable of actually functioning safely, it disrupts the very specific subspace frequencies the Wraith use. So they wouldn't be able to engage their hyperdrive. Well, that's the genius. They would be able to engage their hyperdrive. It's just that their particular channel of subspace would be destabilized and their ship would be ripped into a million pieces. Wow, amazing. What a great device. We should switch it on straight away. Yeah. What could go wrong? I don't know. We could blow up three quarters of a solar system. <laughs> yeah, because ancient technology is always so predictable. Mm-hmm. The ancients could fly around the galaxy and pick them off one by one. Yeah, we just leave them to die in the vastness of space. So, what's the catch? Ah, well, the catch is that Janice ran a three-day test about 10,000 years ago and then shut the whole project down because of unforeseen side effects. Right, which were? Well, it's, it's not clear. Yeah, so Janice designed the system, built the system, and then what? <laughs> Didn't use it? Yep. Think, guys, think. It's not as if Janice, you know, had to run for his life because they know he was active right until the Atlantis personnel returned to Earth 10,000 years ago. Yeah, and I'm not too keen about experiencing those unforeseen side effects. So what do we do? That's simple. We, uh, we reason with them. Oh, side effects. Yeah, they're probably very significant side effects. 
Now, obviously, you're excited about the possibility of ending the race reign over this galaxy once and for all, but uh, the reality is this device and this facility were abandoned by their creator for very good reasons. See, uh, it doesn't work, at least not safely. That's from what my friend can tell. Well, probably not. <laughs> exactly. Two thirds of the solar system. I have pictures. Would you like to see them? <laughs> ah. Yeah. Oh, Daniel. Look, given the right amount of time, it's possible we could get the device to function safely, but uh, we'd have to contact our people and bring in a much larger science team. See, I'm 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 not that kind of scientist, and and when my friend get here, the would... device operational within one hour, or I will kill him. Do you understand? I understand. Yes. <laughs> you poor fool. I imagine it's rather difficult to have a meaningful conversation with a guy like this. Oh, now we're calling him Danny. He's not really giving you much body language feedback, is he? No. Nope. And that was one of the reasons they wanted to actually have these exoskeletons, a bad guy which they didn't have to rely on extras or, you know, mm -hmm. anybody else to <laughs> fill out. Just a face. Like the super soldier, they just look intimidating, just standing there doing nothing. You work on understanding them, I'll work on trying not to get us killed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Rodden has already decided he's going to turn it on. Uh -huh. He wants to live. Damn the consequences. Mm. Whereas Daniel's actually trying to pull the pieces together. It's not really going to help him unless he can get his hands on one of the suits. The city should have a bigger subspace red cannon than even the jumper would. You would have thought so. No, John really can't go anywhere, though. He is in command. He can't delegate. I guess you could take a jumper to the nearest target to where Todd is, and then use subspace communication with the shuttle from there. So we're gonna get as near as we can to the Dedalus with the jumper, and pick us up on route to the flight. Okay, give me half an hour. I'm gonna get the team ready. Mm -mm. That main chamber houses the subspace antenna. It harnesses the static into subspace. Well, it will once I light it up. What? You're already ready? Well, it wasn't broken. He just shut it down. All we need is that, a basic understanding of Janice's coding style, and uh, here's where I come in again, the ancient gene. I mean, we're, we're ready to roll. Rodney, you don't have to do this. What? Look, if turning this thing on means a solar system is gonna explode, then let's not. It depends which solar system, of course. Okay, so I do nothing, they come in here, they kill you. Who gets killed next, huh? Me. To tell you the truth here, I'm quite fond of me, so you might as well do it, you know, now, while you're still alive, as opposed to, you know, then. All right. At the very least, know how to turn it off immediately before you turn it on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Physical object, it's not CGI. 56-sided object made by Chris Beach, and he named it the source of all sorrow. So difficult to actually fabricate. You still alive? <laughs> I think so. I'd hate to think heaven looks like this. Who says we went to heaven? <laughs> okay, something bad is happening somewhere, but not here. It's operational. Yeah. Anything out of the ordinary? No, I mean, everything's in the green. I mean, it's working great. What about those unforeseen side effects? It's still unforeseen. For now, it's working and we're still alive. Okay, so what now? Uh, maybe uh, a nice pat on the back and an all-expense-paid trip back to Atlantis? It's a good thing, right? Uh, it's hard to argue against that. Not very hard, guys. Yeah. Now my question is, how did the unknown aliens find out about this place? The idea is that they literally just came across it on their travels. It's difficult to actually say too much because uh, we learn a lot more in the next episode. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Todd's marvels how sensitive the microphone is in this earpiece. Mm -hmm. Very well. Permission granted. I shall remain here. Is everything okay? One of our facilities is under attack by a rival hive. Our two support ships must depart for battle. My hive will remain here. Continue the work with Dr. Keller. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, not the under attack part. That's unfortunate, of course. Uh, I just meant... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ah, right then. <laughs> okay, Diplomat Woolsey. Yeah. Think before you talk. Yeah, well, you know what Diplomat Weir was. These, these aren't cruisers, these are hive. Oh, those may be cruisers. Oh, I thought that. Ooh, that's not going to be good, though. Yeah, that's definitely not good. I thought when they came in, they passed two hive ships. I suppose they were that close, they could be cruisers. What? 
This was your plan all along. Oh, Todd is not happy. Somehow, you found the Atero device. For what? We have no idea what you're Whoa, hello. Hmm. Is that a gun or are you pleased to see me? Ah, the Atero device, what they call it. Oh. He came prepared. Well, that's convenient. Commander, we've been trying to contact you. The other cruisers were destroyed. I know. We've been betrayed. What should we do? I have control of the human's transport system. I'll begin beaming in our troops immediately. Of course, they didn't search him. Oh, it is Kenny, played yeah. by Tyler McClendon. We're taking this ship. Reasonably comfy chair, he thinks. <laughs> a comfy chair. So that device had a very, very, very limited range. Mm-hmm. Was it 99% of the crew on the bridge at the time? <laughs> no, but I figured the rest of the crew didn't know. You thought that energy discharge would have set off some alarms. Come on. What's going on? We're under attack. we got to get you the armor and get you a gun. Come on. You want her a gun? That's how most of his dates work out. Keep him alive. We need a food store. Depart lockdown. Mm-hmm. The systems were unlocked. Yeah, no doubt that Todd is very, very intelligent. <laughs> Trapped. Uh, obviously, Todd can't operate the internal sensors to look for life forms, or he'd always you know, just done his till the airtight doors. Mm-hmm. Continue beaming in our troops. Are they drones operating some of the controls? Surely they're not that intelligent. Ten minutes and counting, still no problem. Oh boy. What? What is it? I think I just found a log entry that tells us what the side effect is. Oh, you couldn't have found this beforehand? Mm-hmm. For radiation, is it? <laughs> and you're backing away just in case. The galaxy is going to have problems, including Atlantis. i got to shut this thing down. Step away from the device. Okay, wait, 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 there's a very dangerous, very serious problem with the device, and we need to talk to you <laughs> I'll give them that, they don't mess about. Which you like to see in your bad guys. Mm. Okay, all set. So I'll have checked out M5R179. You should be able to contact the Daedalus via substrates once you get there. Nice work. Thanks, good luck. Thanks, we're gonna need it. That won't work. Mm. I'm sitting down, that extra says. <laughs> Are we about to find out about the undesired side effects? We may be. Uh, we don't see a wormhole, so another money-saving box tick. We got a power spike at the event horizon. What? Power is building within the gate? No, 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 no. That, that, that can't happen. So many things are impossible in this episode, mm -hmm. which they seem to be happening nevertheless. Well, for some reason, there is an unprecedented power build-up within the gate. Power build-up from where? It's coming from within the event horizon. Oh, no. This is very, very bad for us. I just shut it down. It's probably a faulty gate at the other end. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It won't let me. Yes. <laughs> I'll in the commentary that says perhaps David should get himself hairbrushed. Hmm. What do we do? Wait 38 minutes and ride the puddle out? I wish. If the puddle continues to build like this, the gate will reach critical overload and most certainly explode. Explode? Explode? I don't want to explode. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. Master of understatement. Oh, not very long at all, but 90 seconds. 90 seconds? I would say closer to 60. Yeah, evacuate everyone in the tower. The gate exploding is the equivalent of a dozen nuclear explosions. There's, there's nowhere we could evacuate quickly enough to a safe distance. The, the, the shield. What? Collapse the city shield around the gate, we can contain the explosions. Yes, yes. That might just work. Yeah, consider a, a Mark 9 Naquida enhanced nuclear warhead and multiply it by 100. Four, three, two. Question is, how are they going to generate the shield just around? Oh. I've mentioned that before. I'll see if I can divert more power to the shield. See if I can block more of the radiation. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> now this is a beautiful effect. Yeah. Even the cinematography and the lighting to yeah. give you that. I know what. Oh, that looks like a sun. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. It does nuclear blasts. I don't quite buy that the shield can block everything. There must be some, you know, gamma particles or something that could blow through it. What? The shield needs at least another minute to contain the full brunt of the blast, but we're frying out the emitters. Oh, that's not good. 61 seconds would be good. Yeah, you might live for another three seconds or so. Get to the edge of the city. Move! Everybody! You're gonna want to get out of here. John, I... Caleb, please. I have to go to the crash. Yeah, to be fair, there's really nothing you can do. You might as well go. <laughs> well, let's see here. Can we just make a stream that just shoots the fire out the backside? You know, they have a window back there. Just shoot it out. Come on, you can do it. 
Yeah, I don't... Oh, oh that's nice. It's darkening as the energy is dissipated. Yeah, I'm gonna make it. No, it's not enough. Uh-oh. Okay, now is the time to duck. <laughs> Now that's an end. Just shoot it out the window. Yeah, in a more controlled fashion, I think. <laughs> Unfortunately, when it aired on Sci-Fi in America, the first thing they showed after this was coming next. Oh, for pity's sake! Ah. <laughs> Way to ruin a cliffhanger, which probably mm -hmm. they spent a lot of time gearing up for. Okay, then that was a rather dramatic end to First Contact. Indeed, it was. Yeah, so we get uh, a lot of fun with Daniel turning up, having uh, both Rodney and Daniel needling each other. Everybody looking on in uh, <laughs> wonder. Actually, it's kind of a throwback. You know, I don't think we've seen Rodney like that since this time on SG-1. Maybe it's something that Daniel brings out. Mm -hmm. It could be that, like he is with the Zelenka, there's some people he knows, maybe not as intelligent in specific areas of science, but when taken as a whole, is equal or even better. And that he doesn't like. He can't quite handle that. He doesn't really know how to deal with them. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't help that Daniel gives as good as he gets. Well, Daniel he has saved the universe several times. <laughs> Come okay, then. That was First Contact. This episode was nominated for a Gemini for the best visual effects. And it also won a Leo for the best visual effects in dramatic series. Stargate did often get nominated, but not so often won. So congratulations to them. It was a pretty decent episode in terms of visual effects. Okay then, that's a bit more trivia on the writer and director. Andy Mikita directed this episode. 29 episodes of SG-1. 22 of Atlantis and he directed another 12 of Universe. He's also directed Sanctuary, Primeval New World, Cedar Cove, Motive, Dark Matter and Killjoys. Martin Gero, the writer. He did a couple of episodes of SG-1. 26 of Atlantis and a single episode of SGU. He created, wrote and directed part of the LA Complex. He's written for Dark Matter, the home show. And Blindspot, the series he created, returns to our screens March the 1st. Let me see. Did you watch that? Um, I didn't quite hear what you said, so I'm not sure if I watch it or not. Blindspot? No, I have no idea what that is. Okay, then. fair enough then. <laughs> <laughs> that was your cue to tell me what it is. You watch Blacklist? Yes, I've watched Blacklist. It's very similar in feel to Blacklist. Are you seriously telling me that it has Lee Bad Guy who's charismatic? No, it, it has a mysterious woman whose body's covered in tattoos. Each one indicates potential crime or a person the FBI wants. Interesting. Hmm. Wi-Fi? Yes. Okay, I like Wi-Fi. <laughs> so now I'm actually watching four current shows. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. I've always had a soft spot for Vincent Garber anyway. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. If you're currently watching the fourth season of Arrow, then look out for episode 14, Code of Silence, which is once again directed by James Bamford. This will be his second time in the chair, so I think we can expect high energy episode. This will air on the 17th of February. Also, keep an eye out for Rachel Luttrell, who will be guest starring as Rosie. Lots of Stargate connections in the DC television family, both behind and in front of the camera. We got a little bit of feedback for last week's episode tracker. Max said quite simply that it was an awesome episode. We didn't praise it that highly, but we certainly have no complaints that Mike Dopo returns to the franchise and universe. Levi emailed us and said that tracker was a very good episode. He also said we did very well with the discussion and thanked us for mentioning his Minecraft project, Warpgate Adventures. He agreed with us on Ronan and Rodney conversation being very awkward and thought McKay should, but couldn't really handle the situation to any competent degree. Thanks a lot, guys, for the feedback. If you want to get in touch with us, and you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Google+. Just do a search for us, Gatecast or Stargate. And we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. Any reviews on there would be greatly appreciated. You'll find all the links on our website, which includes the independent RSS feed, which carries every episode we have released so far. You can copy that and manually add it to a podcatcher. Right then, let's wrap the show up. Right, are we uh, going to do a sign-off? 
Uh, yes, we are. Me ear just itched, and I can't scratch it because there's other tapes on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, are we going to air these as one combined episode, or...? No, I'm going to split them into two. Did you get my list of SGU episodes? Yes, I did. List? Had any of those been called? Tell you, I'll let you have them. Okay. You're the first one to get back to me. Because <laughs> normally I just write them down on a piece of paper, and then I put, then the paper disappears, and then I thought, oh, God, where's, where the hell's that? <laughs> In your little SG-1 box, which was uh, also contained the headset that you're looking for? No, definitely definitely not in my <laughs> SG-1 box. You know, you get a piece of paper like a little sticky note and think, I won't lose that because I know where it is. <laughs> then that you forget good. about it. Probably gets thrown away in the bin somewhere. Okay then, folks, that was First Contact. Next week, we're going to be looking at The Lost Tribe. Next, Stargate Atlantis. Team members put their lives on the line. Give me everything you got. In a race to destroy the ancient's weapon. We're talking about the deaths of millions of people. They are no concern to us. I've got two ships closing in. Every minute that goes by without you telling me where this device is, I will kill a member of your expedition. Stargate Atlantis with all new episodes. Watch in real time Fridays at 10, 9 central on Sci-Fi. Thomas will be joining us for that. I hope you tune in again. It's, it's been one of those nights, folks. It really has. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, Thomas. Thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Always have fun. Excellent. We sign off. I know. Okay, then, Thomas. Thank you very much. Everybody, be tuning in next week. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And Thomas. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate Forever. Hey.